if I could sing, I think I'd be the hottest man alive. Bold take. You already are the hottest man alive. Oh. But you definitely cannot sing. <laughs> What is going on, baseball fans? My name is Jack, or Baseball's Dirty Little Secret, joined here by Lorenzo, the Rumble Pony, and producer Wilson, as always. I'm outside. Lorenzo's inside. A lot is happening. Welcome to the We Got Ice podcast. How are we doing? I have never had more FOMO in my life. You are basically in... Ha- this is how you, I imagine... Wait. If you, you were diagnosed, officially? Yeah, I didn't I didn't tell you, but I figured oh, I wow. worked news on the pod. But. Okay, GoFundMe link for the treatment. We're going to get Lorenzo or Rumble Pony back to normal. Fight FOMO, everyone. Everybody got a battle for FOMO. This is a group effort. But yes. you look like how I imagine if I were to die and see somebody in the afterlife. That's the background. I think I like that better if you say, that's a good insult. You <laughs> look like if I imagined I was dead. You look like my dead body would look like. Yeah. You kind of look like a corpse. Is I think that is good. That's have to do it. I have a question for you, though. Is Wilson still inside, or is he outside with you? Because I know that you guys have been, like, linking up behind my back a lot. I took Wilson for a walk the other day, and he wasn't doing great, so he is inside. He's resting. He's he's struggling. This is going to be a, a daddy. Well, appreciate Wilson for editing that last podcast, man. That was true. It took years off his yeah. life. If you guys true. haven't checked it out, Trade Deadline Special is live now. Best podcast we've yeah. ever done. Yeah, that was crazy. We appreciate all the support. You guys have been killing it with that one. Um, one of my, I think one of our favorite podcasts to do, there's so much, it was an hour and a half of straight just talking about trade deadline deals, which is, I think, kind of a mystical fantasy for us. Oh, yeah, and we could have gone so much longer if we weren't oh, yeah. all, like, if all of our technology wasn't spurting. <laughs> yeah, by the end, my computer was dry heaving. I didn't even know if they could do that, but there was a crazy noise going on. It was just, like, leaking liquids. You're like, what's happening here? Yeah. I would we I think we were both leaking too. So there was just a lot of it was a lot oh, happening. Dude, I had to pee so bad. But how do you feel now? Like after everyone was like super hyped about the trade deadline, like oh you fighting a fly? That was some I'm in the elements. Stuff. I'm a man of the elements right now. We are I'm in my backyard. Um should I explain that? Yeah, feels like we should address mm-hmm. the fact that you're outside, but I was gonna let it go. <laughs> so my bathroom is getting renovated. Oh the mosquitoes are getting to me. Oh no. For any, if anyone's wondering, <laughs> I have really tender legs, I guess, because the mosquitoes just attack me. I got sweet meat, as they say. So my I bathrooms get – yeah, he, he do, you do often, like a little feral guinea pig. So my bathroom is getting <laughs> renovated. I haven't went to the bathroom in five days. It's horrible. And it's so loud that I have to record outside. I'm currently in Yosemite National Park. Wilson, <laughs> edit out that umbrella. So <laughs> we were we were doing a test run for the pod, and Jack's like, ah, it shouldn't be too loud. So he starts recording his audio. It sounds like he's in the tile aisle of a Home Depot. And I was like, yeah. I we just go with that. It was, more, it was less of a podcast listening experience and more of like a Vietnam War historical documentary. So we wanted to give you guys the best experience. So And, you know, I got the, the golden hour light going on. You guys like it. Don't pretend. And shout out our audio, uh, audio listeners because you can probably hear – that I'm in a backyard too. So shout out to you guys. Also shout out to Smack and Sunflower Seeds. Thank you for sponsoring today's episode of the podcast. More from them soon. Yeah, they're they're not going anywhere. They're luring around over here. But Jack's outside. I'm inside and sad. Wilson's half dead. Smack and Sunflower sure. Seeds are great. We've got that out of the way. But Jack, we got to talk about some baseball stuff. It was one it's a very fun week of the trade deadline after rush and personally i thought this week was more fun than the week before the deadline before the deadline it just felt dead there was like nothing really to talk about in a weird way and now i feel like i'm rejuvenated for the second half of the season we're gonna kill it but red sox are gonna be the best i'm feeling good i agree entirely not but (laughs) The pod, like the week before, I was like, ah, you know, I was kind of feeling down. I was in the dog days of summer. We're officially in August. Jack, how many days are there in August? 31. Did you have to sing a song in your head to get there? Can I be honest? I have no idea what the song is. I never use that. I've just gone my whole life having no idea what the days are in every month. And honestly, it's really not. I don't know if you need to internalize a song. I didn't need to add that in my life. I just don't know the days. I know April has 28. I mean, Christmas month, 
December, as most people call it, that has at least 25. And that's all I really need. It really is. I, I kind of like that approach. It's weird that we learn things by just singing. We're like, alphabet, just sing about it. Yeah, very weird. That song is really good, though, and I think that is a staple to our country's um, education system. Another thing I, I learned agree. this week, we're getting up to a quite the HD AD. I do it opposite the HD AD um, <laughs> podcast so AD far. Start. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone strap in. I learned that I think I'm an officially a grown person. Because Ooh. I don't enjoy peeing outside anymore. This is a big development. I haven't it reached is. this moment in my life yet. I feel like I've had my nature bar mitzvah, if you will. Okay, you've evolved. Yeah, because I can't, you know, as a kid, as a young boy, you run outside, you love just flopping it everywhere in the backyard, just watering the plants. That's like a staple. That is accurate. And now and that all... I don't have a, I don't have a bathroom. Now I can't. I gotta go outside, and there's like mosquitoes everywhere. It's not pleasant, and I don't like it. Dude, that is the biggest evolution of a man. The day yeah. you realize I'm not gonna try to absolutely dunk on this tree leaf, <laughs> I'm yeah, instead gonna just go inside now. I guess it's sort of a piss mitzvah. Oh, I would call it. Dude, there's no greater fear than when you're peeing outside and you're on a slight decline and it's coming towards your shoes and you have to like yeah. freaking dodge like a ninja out there. You're like, dude, not even ch- – not a chance you're touching me. <laughs> Mosquitoes are in hot pursuit already. All right, yeah, so let's get to the baseball. It was an interesting, interesting week, a lot of fun little storylines. Baseball's hot. Um, so let's dive in. What do you want to start with? Oh, how about we start with, like you said, post-trade deadline feels. Like, So we started going to trade deadline feeling down. We have our big episode, trade deadline comes out. And then the best part, you get to see everybody with their new teams. It's mm-hmm. a short period of time, but it feels like the internet is all rallied up for baseball again. And this trade deadline especially, you had Scherzer, obviously, Turner. Everybody was debuting, but the big ones, Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo. All of them, Bryant to the Giants. Like you keep saying, that's such a that's such a good line. That's a bar. Bars. It's absolute bars. Rizzo's a Yankee and Baez is a Met. They all debut. They all have this weird rejuvenation. Maybe it's because like they've been with the Cubs for so long that they're like, especially because they've been bad last couple of years, they kind of just like mailed it in a little yeah. bit. But it felt like they were all just firing. Rizzo, Baez, and Brian all hit homers in their first games with their new team, which is such a good storyline. And then I just started like fantasizing over Chris Bryant being a giant for the rest of his life. I was like, that is so mm-hmm. cool. I'm so into this. What's been your favorite one? Ooh, Baez to the Mets feels like it has the most swag behind it. Rizzo to the Yankees has been like the best, but I don't like it. Yeah, that's horrible. We are Red Sox fans, so maybe a little bias, as they say. I, oh, uh, I think Bryant on the Giants is what I want to be the best. I agree. And I think it is, but Bias to the Mets has been kind of fun. Bias to the Mets has been so electric because Javi Bias really hasn't been Javi Bias in like two seasons. And yeah. now that he is again, and in the same, like the, the shot of him hitting the home run and then Lindor absolutely going nuts in the dugout, I was like, that is beautiful. I'm having a great time with it. I think we might have to start calling ourselves the Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor of the baseball podcast world. Oh, who's who? I'm clearly Baez. You're Baez. I'm Lindor, probably. Yeah, for sure. I'm more streaky. but And also, yeah. you are, you're rich and pay all my bills, and I don't have any money yet. But I'm this offseason, I'm going to lock it I up. I feel like this is a false narrative you're trying to push. I don't know. This, I don't these, know these people will believe this. People see your backyard right now. It is nice. Look at those trees. Yeah, what do you see? Trees? <laughs> I see two umbrellas, not one. I know you're sitting under an umbrella, too. So don't even lie to me right now. That's true. That's good observation. How many, how many people have two umbrellas in their world? Um, Rich. Yeah. Okay, you got fine. Fine. God, man. Guys, he hogs you got all me. the money. All right, so but, I'm, I'm Lindor, though, bottom line. Yeah, for sure. You got the bag. You have the bottom yeah. line. That's that's basically it. But also, okay. I did kind of have the realization that maybe I underestimated how – I knew these guys were, like, great players. But I think I underestimated how big of a factor they were going to be on their team. The trio from Chicago? Yeah. Like, I – because yeah. they – what Baez moves for didn't blow me away. And I was just None like, oh, really. that's, it's a cool story. Same with Brian. Rizzo single-handedly has ignited the Yankees into, like, a scary baseball team. 
They just swept yeah. the Marlins. And the Marlins are the Marlins. Like, you know, the post-trade deadline hype, you get that boost, you can fall off, it can wear off. But the Yankees scare me so much now. The Giants, I feel like, are lethal. And the Mets, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, they're like a complete baseball team, even though they just got Javi Baez. Yeah, it's... It is. We are in that honeymoon period, I think. It is. And a, but a few of those will stick. Like, at least one of them will probably go on to have, like, a crazy season, which that's obviously going to help all those teams get to the playoffs or the World Series because they're all extreme competitors really going all in this season. But there will be some that fall off in the next coming weeks. But I'm interested to see which one. The, the deadline has really been dominated by that story, which sucks for Cubs fans. Sucks for it's Cubs all fans. About it's all about the Cubs, like, famous three players just doing well on other teams. I also didn't notice, I mean, I didn't realize how lucky the Cubs were to get three franchise players at the same time. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Looking it is kind of crazy. And also, sometimes I see a graphic where they put Kyle Schwarber in there, and I feel bad for Schwarbs because, pick, is he in there or is he not in there? You can't just keep tossing him yeah. in and out. Kimbrel, too? It's true. Kimbrough doesn't, like, blow me away as much because he wasn't, like, on the 2016 team. But it is crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I said this on the last pod. It took us all of them getting traded to appreciate how great that 2016 Cubs team really was. And what very they built there was very insane. But my quick last question on this. How many, if any, sign with Bars. the team they're on right now? Ooh, I can't see Javi signing with the Mets just because I don't know how unless he takes a crazy paycheck but the rumors are he wants Lindor money which makes sense I do there's no way you can sign two superstar shortstops that just seems unfair um to play second base too and I feel like the Mets would be like we're gonna give you less because you're playing second base seems like there's yeah, too much stuff up in the a, air there's not a lot of money at second base right now yeah but mate I mean who knows? Steve Cohen who knows Rizzo to the Yankees I don't think that's it um I like Bryant to the Giants. I think that should be their signing. See, Rizzo to the Yankees, I feel like could happen, but I hate it. Again, Red Sox fan. Yeah. But it makes sense. It, uh, it feels so weird. It but does. it does make I, sense. Lefty, first base. But it depends on what they do with Luke Voigt in the offseason and whether or not they keep yeah. him or like he was full DH. It feels like he's gone is kind of the tone they're setting. It'd be weird to go out and you replace him at first and then... Unless they have DH feels, but I mean, every player on their team to be a DH, so that's weird. It's true. And getting a player like Rizzo, who literally plays every single baseball game, is something the Yankees desperately need. So yeah. it does feel, I could see Rizzo and Bryant resigning. Baez, I could see them all resigning, but Baez could, is the yeah. most up in the air to me out of the first. Could happen, I see yeah. Rizzo, Rizzo to Yankees seems maybe like it's kind of locked in. It's like, if I wasn't a Red Sox fan, I'd love it. Like, it just seems like a really good move. It does. It's a good move. It's gross. It's gross. He looks the worst in the uniform. That I can agree. But I also think Rizzo is the least sexy of the three, like flashy-wise. That's true. But he is, like, the nicest and, and like, true. funniest. I agreed. I agree. Yeah. Also, he goes baggy jersey, and the other guys go tight. Like, Baez jersey's yeah. tight to him. Well, I mean, can you blame Chris Bryant? He's a hunk. Chris Bryant is low-key the hottest player in baseball. Like, I don't he's think up there. He's, he's really up, up like, there. I feel like he's been slept on the past couple years. And now that like he's out here fitting in San Francisco, you're like, Dang, Chris Bryant's hot. Yeah. The NL third basemen are just – there's not any hype people. about them at all. Like the AL dominates the third base world. And I think we really just lumped Chris Bryant in there. So we're sorry, Chris Bryant. You are hot and a good – at sports. And you play the outfield and third baseman. I feel like Chris Bryant should be pe more people's favorite player. And I hope that happens again. Yeah. This could also be us. Like, maybe we were just maybe not Maybe we were. I do feel like the baseball world has kind of got grown a little bit stale on the Cubs trio. Like, Baez got the cover of the show a couple years ago. Yeah. And then everybody and was like, downhill. yeah, no one like really cared anymore. And it's because of Cubs. But I do think the Bryant energy, like, if you, how many kids, if you were to ask today, is Chris Bryant your favorite player? Not many, but I feel like after this year, yeah. maybe we can get that back up there. Yeah, on the Giants, I like it. I do too. Also, how's the legs holding up? The mosquitoes fighting you yet? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. I gotta move them a little bit. So for our YouTube listeners, I'm looking down at my legs a lot, but I'm not appreciating my calves this time. I'm looking at mosquitoes. 
Do you have good calves? I haven't I've cooked a gander I at think that I, in quite some time. I have decent ones. Like, it is probably a bright spot of me, but it's not, like, the thing. I'm not, like, I don't slap them in public. I'm not, like, hey, check out my, my calves, but it's, I think it's, they're okay. They're proportionate. I need a good angle. If you get a good angle on my calf, then, like, I'm, like, post that, but don't tell anybody. You need the angles, yeah. You need the lighting, the ring light, get everything out, some Photoshop. Yeah. My calves are, they, they work on some days. Some days better than others. How are your toes? Toes are gross. I got some bad. rough toes. Yeah, bad toes. I could pin, yeah. That, I think that makes sense for the viewers. It's because for like a two-year stretch, I would play flag football and I'd jam my feet into cleats that were too mm. small. Now my toes mm. are just messed up. I thought you were going to say like you were catching with your toes or something, which would have been so That'd impressive. Be pretty- That'd be pretty impressive, hey man. I'm yeah. sorry. I catch everything. Call me Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. out here. Oh wait, don't True. do that actually. <laughs> True. That could go bad. Next thing we gotta get to, Jack. Kind of sad, but I'm gonna try to spin it in a positive way. Kumar Rocker <laughs> doesn't sign with the New York Mets, which he has an elbow, I think it's elbow or right arm, whatever strong arm he is, I think it's right arm. Injury. So they don't sign him to a contract out of the draft. They already had billboards in New York up for him, which just sucks for Rocker. So now he either has to go back to Vandy or I think enter Which he's not doing. Now. He's not going back to Vandy. So I don't think another team can technically sign him. No, he, he said he's doing a working out on his own until next year's draft. Okay, so I have questions here that I want to go mm-hmm. through. Guess we go a little bit serious first, and then we get funny. The the Mets picking him and not signing him, is it fair if Rocker is peeved right now at the Mets? A little bit. So I think the general story, if you don't know, for the people who don't like know the details, we probably don't either, but we're going to do it my best go. He's signed, he's, um, what is it called, represented by Scott Boris who gets the deals done. He's the big money man, kind of... No, I don't know. Like, he, I'm sure he's a fine he, dude, but kind of viewed as, like, kind of a big corporate enemy type of figure. Yeah, maybe. he's very uh, he's very outspoken against the MLB, and, like, your favorite player is represented by Scott Boris 99% of the yes. time. He represents yeah. Bryce Harper. I think he represents Manny Machado. Like, every big historic deal in MLB has been signed by Scott Boris. Yeah. He he does the, the cheddar. So, Rocker, apparently, I think he wanted $6 million and the Mets were like, we're not going to do that. So, Rocker didn't sign, which there's a couple ways to go. I'm probably leaning right now with the information we have. Go for, like, good for Kumar because he, most people would probably just take the sign signing bonus and be like, oh, yeah, sure, we got $3 million, which is crazy to say. But, yeah, we'll take $3 million and then see what happens. But he's like, no, I want my money, so I'm just going to work out alone, not even play in a league, just get my own stuff done, come back into next year's draft, and try to be, like, the number one overall pick. Because that could mm-hmm. happen. Yes, but then the injury comes into play. And now I don't know how serious this injury is or if this is more of, like, the Mets not wanting to pay Kumar Rocker. So now it's, mm-hmm. like, an injury saying we're not going to sign you. But there are reports that they have very a lot of questions about his elbow, his showing elbow, and that they don't think it's going to hold up and the medicals didn't clear. So... That's supposed to play a huge part in them not re-signing him or signing him out of the draft. So I think I lean a little bit more towards Kumar Rocker here than the Mets for this reason. I feel like it was pretty known that Rocker was like a a risk. Like he had some stuff going on off the field. His injury, he wasn't the same guy at the end of the season with Vandy as he was in the beginning. I feel like maybe the Mets didn't know the full medicals and maybe they were kept a little bit from him. But we, it was that's why Kamar Rocker, who was supposed to be the first overall pick, found a ten. Like it was, there's not just they don't fall to ten for no reason if you're first overall pick talent. So yeah. I feel like that was kind of known. And I don't know. I think it just as a player, as we're like a player pod. I think it kind of sucks that so a team drafts you, then won't pay you, won't sign you. So now no other team can have access to you when maybe twenty nine other teams would have paid you. So you have to that's go back out. Of, you lose a year of your yeah. MLB career because, I don't know, a team who was iffy about taking you maybe took you for, I don't know, the wrong reasons. Yeah, I agree. But just to play devil's advocate, the Mets are probably one of the only teams that would pay, right? Like, you can't imagine, like, the Pirates would pay him six mil. Or maybe they would. I don't know. 
Well, I look at Jack Leiter with the Texas Rangers. Now, Leiter has obviously um, had a better end to his career. I feel like he projects as a safer safer to the MLB guy. He just signed $7.9 million with the Texas Rangers coming out of the draft. That was his signing bonus with the Rangers. So Rocker was asking for six. They are talent-wise, they're the same, I believe, from watching them. Jack Leiter's kind of a cleaner, safer route. Like, he's going to be an MLB ace one day. Like, Whereas Rocker like is gonna, like— He's going to be MLB ready next year. Rocker yeah. might not pitch for like four years. And with Rocker, there's just other stuff weighing in there that aren't like as predictable as lighter. Yeah. So I don't know. I just as a I just got upset because I was like, dude, imagine you get so excited for the draft all season. You're with your Vandy pitching teammate. You go out there. You get drafted by the New York Mets. There's a billboard of your name in the city of New York, and then you don't get signed, and you go have to just like go work out in a basement for a year. Yeah, kind of sucks. Also for him, if he now has to get surgery and can't pitch for a couple seasons, now it's three years after the draft, he's trying to get onto a team very different than being in the Mets organization, already having that that money and being able to get the surgery with six million bucks in your pocket. So financially, I guess that's smart by the Mets, kind of very, very, like, don't take the risk. But also, like, you're the Mets, maybe take the risk, hopefully, and then believe in Kumar, because I do feel bad for him. Yeah, maybe that's maybe as a business move, we're not thinking about it like that. But I just feel bad for Kamara in a sense. I'm like, come on, man. He was just, yeah. oh, that just sucks, bro. To be like, you get to your live your MLB dream and you don't get a contract after you get. I feel like getting drafted is the hard part. The contract's the easy part. Yeah, but I don't, maybe that's what the fans are in the dark with. Maybe there is a lot more stuff. Well, there obviously is a lot of stuff that goes down that we don't don't see before training camp and draft night. It is. It is a bummer for the casual MLB fan because Jack Leiter and Kamar Rocker were the most known draft picks by a casual baseball fan, like, ever. Or since, like, I've been alive, it feels like. Maybe you get the occasional, like, Bryce Harper or something like that who's, like, kind of eats. But, like, I was watching Kumar Rocker pitch, and I don't watch college baseball, like, regularly. I was like, oh, he's pitching tonight. I got to watch him. So that sucks just for the hype and be like, oh, Rocker Leiter both made it to the MLB at the same time. They're about a duel. Yeah. If you go through the timeline of it, a year from now, Rocker was, like, the number one prospect, and, like, everyone was talking about yeah. him. Every team was like, we got a tank for Rocker, and now he got picked 10th and was not even signed. So, a lot happened. So, we're rooting for you, Kamar. Come on, get back out there. We hope to see you back on yeah. the MLB team soon. Come on the pod with Frankie Lindor and Javi Baez of the podcasting world. We'll get your arm right. We'll give you some smacking sunflower seeds. And I've heard... The sriracha honey flavor actually is kind of the safer version of the Tommy John surgery. Oh, can you elaborate on this? So it, does it also heal you or does it just taste really good? It it doesn't hear you, but it heals you for sure. Oh, did I say hear? Yeah, I just, I, I don't know if you're mic testing. Okay, well, let's keep going. All right, I get it. It's ruined <laughs> my day. It's ruined my, all right. Sorry. I'm yeah, I haven't went to the bathroom in five days. Number one or number two. So uh, there's a lot of tension building. All right, or number let's three. Just get to, let's just get to the ads. <laughs> <laughs> Smacking sunflower seeds. I mean, what really more can we say? We, we end the ad there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Smacking. They're yeah. their name. They yeah. have stuff. <laughs> They're so tasty. I mean, we've talked. Fl- they got at six unique flavors, and each one is just the seed is a little bigger. The flavor is a lot more. And th- there's just texture. They do it differently. It's kind of like your grandma made them in a mason jar, and it just tastes like so good. Ooh. The package, it's full. I got some cinnamon sugar right here. I've gone through bags. I mean, there's a lot of seeds in the bag, and I just down them. They're so good. If you like spicy, they got options. If you like original, like Lorenzo over there, they got options. If you want a dessert-flavored seed, cinnamon sugar, go to smackinsunflowerseeds.com. Oh, you can't afford it, you say? Promo code we got ice. That's all one word. We got ice for ten percent off. They're basically giving it to you for free. Anything you have to say about the company, Lorenzo? I actually do. So I have. We've been doing this podcast for a while now. One hundred and fifty something episodes in, and we've done some cool stuff. We've had some cool moments, and my friends and family have never asked me more about anything than whether or not I could get them sunflower seeds because they're so into it. So I just was yeah. like, here's the link. Here's the promo code. Go have a day. So what me and you accomplish in life means nothing. 
But the fact that we have a good, there's a good sunflower seed company means everything. So yeah, smack at sunflowerseeds.com, 10%. We got ice endorsed by my yeah. mom. There you go. Endorsed, <laughs> endorsed by his mom. What more do you possibly need? What do you need? <laughs> you've been eating David's and Biggs or another generic sunflower seed company. I mean, they're good, but you've been eating them for your whole life. Try something new. It's cinnamon sugar. It's sriracha honey. It's also, it's like, it feels cool eating them. It feels like you're different and you're kind of early on the trend of like the next big sunflower seed. Go check it out. And for 10% off, code it, we got ice. So com. It's like the hot foreign exchange student. That's smacking sunflower seeds. It comes in and you're just like, yes. this is mysterious. We don't know what's Which, going on. I was actually a, a hot foreign exchange student. I could see that. Yeah. You come mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, he's Irish. I'm into him. Yep. I just revealed the fact that you're Irish for the first time. How do you feel about that? I mean, I don't know if reveal is the right word. No, it's reveal. I think that's a defined I word. think I revealed I was a hot exchange student. Well... You know, I saw my review. Which is not true at all. I think it's kind of true. When I saw you, you were foreign to me, and you were hot and a student, so I think that counts. That's true. It it was also in Europe. It's true, and I saw you, and I asked you out, and you said no, but let's just move on. Because we had other stuff to talk about. A lot of cool... Do you want to go Padres here, or do you want to get fun for a little bit? We might have to get sad real quick. Okay, let's get sad real quick. Go ahead. Get sad with me. Get sad with the boys. Let's cry one out. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the report for Fernando Tatis Jr. saying his season might be over, depending on the next week of his IL latest IL stint, is pretty upsetting. Obviously, this isn't what you want to see. Um, kind of the worst when you have a franchise player and a lead, all-time lead player out for the second half of the season on a really competitive team. That's not great. Um, so I don't. There's really not much to say about that other than it just sucks really bad. And for Tatis. Yeah, I guess the two conversations about it I want to have is, is his style of play sustainable? Because I've seen some conversations about that. And I just what we'll start with, how much should we overreact on the Padres season? I've seen a lot of people saying Padres 2022, their 2021 is over. The Dodgers and Giants are going for it this year. Padres, it's just not going their way this year. Any thoughts? It does feel it does feel like that. The Padres is not going his way this year. It feels like if it can go wrong, it has gone wrong with the 2021 Padres. And we both predicted a slump after a season last year that was just nuts in a short yeah. season. They, like, were the most hyped team in baseball I've ever seen. So, a come down was natural. The Tatis battling injuries all season. The bad defensive play that he's had. The Tatis is overrated conversations. It just keep going on and on and on. Kind of feels like the whole aura of the Padres have changed while the Giants have a great energy and like have been yeah. like, and I believe in energy in baseball more than anything. I believe talent, yeah. talent matters, but if your energy is bad, then it feels like the Padres energy just hasn't been. And when it has been, it feels a little forced, like we're supposed to be fun. Yeah, I think it's not even to the Padres fault. It's more of to the credit of the Giants and Dodgers, who they got Chris Bryant, Max Scherzer, and Trey Turner, and Danny Duffy. Don't forget. Um, we love you, Danny. And Tony Watson on the Giants. Shout out Tony. He's my father. He's and so there's so much stuff happening on those teams, and the Padres, they're not even having a bad year. Tatis was having a great year. He had 30 home runs. I feel like people don't talk about that. He's a power leader of the lead. He's insane. But if he goes down for the season, he, he might not, but if he does... It just feels like the Padres didn't, like, do what they did last year. And it was a shortened season. And they're not – they're a great team. They're in great shape for the next couple of years. But it does kind of get you wondering, like, you can't really put them as a World Series favorite at the moment. Which is crazy to think about because they have 60 wins already on the season. They're winning games at a 585 when they're like having a good year, but they also play in one of the most difficult divisions in baseball and are six and a half games yeah. back of the Giants. And we're in August. Jack, it's officially late in the season. We're closer to the postseason than we are to the start of the season. And that's kind of crazy. I think that's there's like exciting. 50 games. There's like 50 games left for some teams, which is just absolutely bonkers. Like, yeah, a lot of teams have played over 100 games. Like the J- Padres yeah. only have math on the pod. I think 54 games left. Yeah, so it's tough to really, I mean, they thought they would be having to squeak by the Dodgers at the end of the season. Now, it's the Giants and the Dodgers. That's crazy. So Can I have a bold take? I go. think the division's out of hand already. 
like 54 games left, six and a half back of the Giants, who've been yeah maybe a powerhouse, been a powerhouse of the t- season. You have to play the Dodgers in, I think, two series in September, and you probably play the Giants again. That feels like an almost insurmountable ground to make up. Six and a half games? Especially with Tatis being hurt and the Dodgers and Giants improving and the Padres not as much. They improved they did get a Adam little Frazier, bit. Though, they got the Adam Frazier, though. They got Adam Frazier, and they got so Daniel Hudson. That, it's tough to replace Tatis, but they do have the bodies to really to keep up an all-star infield, so I guess that's a good little good point I hadn't thought of. That is a good point. Adam Frazier coming in clutch. I guess we all like, oh, maybe they have too many infielders. Maybe they knew Tatis would probably be going to have something go bad, and then we got ready for it. Maybe. So yeah. that could be true. It, yeah, it just feels like the Padres hype this year. It just doesn't feel like their year. You can tell when it's some team's year, and the Padres don't yeah. have that it factor this year. And there's time for that to change. There is, like, there is. the Nats. They turned it on real late. But it's, right now, it seems like the Giants have all the hype instead of the Padres, which is we- weird year. Weird life. The Dodgers have more talent, and the, Padre- and the Giants have more hype than the Padres. I think the Padres have more talent than the Giants, and I think the Padres might even have a little bit more hype than the Dodgers. But they're just like second place in both those categories, and if you're not the best at one of those, then in a division of free teams that at the very end of the day could, if they played 10 times, they both would win five times each because they're all pretty even. Yeah. It's not going to help you in in a playoff series. They have a great shot at the playoffs. They have a good shot at the wild card. So I guess if you're a Padres fan— like, this doesn't mean the season's tanked. We're just talking with the prior expectations of World Series, which we put I on agree. ourselves, I guess. But Yeah, but I think Padres fans agree with you. They're four games up on the Reds for the wildcard spot. I really don't see them missing that out. But you go in Padres at Dodgers wildcard game. Crazy, by the way. Just absolutely crazy. Yeah, um, love that. A little feels a little premature. I would like to see a five-game set between them. A one-game set gets me a little bit, you know— a little upset because it's like oh one game for yeah. all the marbles, but I, next year they meet later. The year after that, maybe they le- meet even later. I'm kind of okay with the with the chaos this season, but also the the Dodgers are gonna win the division probably, right? I don't know about that. We'll see. I I've been doubting the Giants all year, so I'm gonna let them ride out while they have until they prove me until they lose the lead of the division. I can't say they're sure. gonna lose the division because they've literally led sure. it since like middle of april so got to put some respect on the giants name there but yeah it's kind of crazy to think about the san diego padres have one game to define their season in la a house of horrors it's kind of a bad time and and did you have anything on this isn't like a popular opinion i don't think but i just saw a few like tiktoks about it go follow us on tiktok by the way at we got ice baseball and if you're here from there shout out to you go tell a friend um on his style of play and if that is the reason because he's had a couple pretty serious injury stints and only a couple years of playing do you think his style of play is affecting that and do you think after signing a 14-year deal and being the face of the MLB you'd have to change that play or is that style of play who what makes Tatis Tatis well I always struggle on this I do think that people are reaching because there's always like Tatis gets I feel like hating on Tatis is kind of trendy now. It's like yeah, he's the best. there's pro yeah. So you gotta hate on hate him if you hate him. But there, I think there's a little credibility to the argument because I go back to someone like Dustin Pedroia and his career ended five years early because he played so hard every single game. But at the same time, yeah. the way he played made him so valuable. I think Tatis is talented enough that he doesn't have to go balls to the wall every game. But at the same time, if I'm a manager or even a franchise owner, I struggle really, really hard to tell Tatis to just not go do your thing. Like, dude, go do it. Have You are the face of baseball. Go be the damn face of baseball. Who am I to tell? So yeah. I go back and forth. I do think it's more sustainable than people are making because some of the injuries he's had are freak injuries, like the dislocation of the shoulder on a swing that he probably takes a million of a year. So I yeah. think there's a little bit of freak injuries, but... I don't, I'm not too worried about sustainability with him. Yeah, I agree. I think the only... Also, there's a plane going by, so if you hear the plane, it's a plane. I think the, the main... <laughs> yeah, the, we're in the elements today. The only um, argument that I can kind of get is the sliding, because sliding True. into third base like that, even if you are safe, is that going to change enough over your career? Like, if we're just talking about Tatis and the Padres selfishly, 
you probably don't want him making crazy slides because you'd rather him just slide in, get tagged out, hope they drop the ball, but he can play for 10 years. So I understand that, but also you can't, there isn't a limit. Like AJ Perler can't walk in and be like, we don't want, we don't want you trying hard on slides. It's like, it's full speed or nothing. So it's and also, an impossible situation. And also it's a very hard thing to tell a competitor and a gamer like Tatis don't game and also you're yeah. ta- hard to for tatis and his teammates to be like we could have won this game if i just slid but i'm preserving my body your teammates yeah. don't want to hear that as they're putting their bodies through the ringer for 106 that's just a, not a good vibe and that's like a i'm bigger than the team type thing so i don't think yeah. i don't like that i would never tell my players to be like don't try yeah i think that's what the argument is that Tatis has to be bigger than his team, but it's like anyone could get injured. They're all playing their it's hardest, baseball. so I don't. If that's kind of the risk you make by paying him three hundred twenty million dollars, whatever he made three hundred fifty, whatever it was, that's the risk. You don't. I think you probably expect like three seasons of injury, but also then ten seasons of good play. I don't think you can just like say, yeah, don't try that hard. Just be okay. My last point on it. And the counter argument of that is just watching New York Yankees. They try so dang hard to keep their players healthy with Judge and Stanton and Voight, and they're going to get hurt. They always get hurt. You want to know why? Because yeah. it's baseball. You can't out you can't outmaneuver injuries. If they happen to happen, you just got to roll it out, hope that you prepared, and hope that you got a lot of luck because you're going to get hurt. My favorite all-time quote, I said it before, it's not if you're going to get hurt in a baseball season. It's when and how bad. Everyone gets hurt. So it's just, hey, is this year I'm out for 100 games, or is this year I just got some nicks and bruises that I can fight through? That's why I think playing 162 games is, the I think, the most impressive stat. Crazy. My favorite stat. I don't know what, like, hitting, maybe hitting 600 would be on par with that. Yeah. it's So, it's a good segue here. Vladdy, on Sunday was going, vying to play his 162nd game in a row. So it's not 162 games in a straight season, but he was in the starting lineup for 161 straight games, and the Blue Jays scratched him on Sunday. And he was very, he was mad, like mad about it, quote unquote. Yeah. But like, obviously, like the rest day, he's your MVP. You need it. And I get it. The reason the rest, there's rest days in baseball is because you physically can't do 162. It's too much. But that brought up a really funny video of them tying up Vladdy in a dugout because he was, like, causing ruckuses and, like, put me in, coach, let me pinch hit so I can play 162 straight games. So they, like, tied him up in the corner of the dugout. <laughs> and it just brought up the question. I think the Blue Jays are sneakily like this year's Padres. They're so fun. They kind of are. They traded for Berrios. They, I mean, they traded for Brad Hand, who are two big names. I, yeah, I see it. And also, it was hilarious to watch pregame because both Vladdy and Simeon were just mocking the pitcher's warm-up. They were just behind him. Like, everything you do, they try to do it together. And I'm like, they're just having yeah. a great time. And it made me having... also had – it made me have one yeah. last, like, epiphany. I was like, it feels like we finally have turned a corner where having fun is, like, encouraged again. Like, even little things. Like, baseball is mm-hmm. fully a fun sport. Like, everybody Let's embraces it. it. Yeah, oh, he said this thing. And <laughs> everybody just embraces it now. And pregame warm-up stuff is, like, welcomed, and there's more person now. Like, Vladdy just sitting there. Like, I love the image of Vladdy, like, yelling at his manager in a joking way. Like, put me in. Let me bat. This is yeah. my spot. That's so fun. Very fun. Kind of rude by the Blue Jays. Like, just let rude. him pinch hit or even start the game, give him the day off the other the next day so you can get that 162. Maybe that's just dumb. I don't know. That I don't think rude. if it was in one season, I, they probably did, but that's probably like a stat that they didn't really know about. It was yeah, like one of the Twitter stat. stats that goes viral and everyone's like, oh, no, Chad, yeah. why would they do that? I think people would be shocked at how much we know fans know stats more than the players. The players really... I, it kind of seems like they say they don't care, but they do. But they really don't care about their, like, BABIP. Like, that is not... Like, Vladdy probably doesn't know what that is, which is crazy. I think you only care if you're coming up for a contract. Yeah, but even that, like, advanced stats or something weird like, oh, this is my 54th game in a row where I've, like, took the first pitch. I think people don't 
like that's not even in their heads. It's just because we're viewing them every day. Oh, that I agree we with that. Just create all these stats. It's it's crazy. Like DJ LeMahieu takes the pitch seventy percent of the time. That's definitely not in his head. He's probably just like, all right, let me see a pitch here. Yeah, he doesn't like, think. Oh, I. He's like, oh, I've taken it six times. So this is the yeah. tenth. I got to take. I got to take some, here. Some players are like that, but I think a lot of them are just like, like these are just athletes. Like they're just freaks of nature. Yeah, they are playing a game, which we do. People yeah. do forget a lot. It's like, hey guys, this is this is just a game. You know, have a fun time. But I did almost cry this weekend over a baseball game, so that was upsetting. When the Red Sox oh. lost to the Rays, uh, yeah, I was let's, like, let's get into that. Um, I just two. Yeah, we we split up the sad stuff with the Blue Jays fun. So yeah, Blue Jays are killing it. Segue off of that, the AL East is very fun, even funner. Yeah, funner is a oh, word I think. Now. So we're gonna go with funner. It's I'm even funner it. than people thought. The Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Rays, and the Red Sox are all great teams. And they're all killing it right now, except the Red Sox. They all ALX teams, except the Red Sox and Orioles, swept their last series after the deadline. And the Red Sox got swept. So as Red Sox fans, I'm on I'm not gonna say a lot of things because it is I know it is so like I don't actually feel this way. It's just because we didn't make moves and now we suck right now. But it is not a, it's definitely not a good time. To, to in Boston. Well, I do think it's fair to say that while we have seen the Yankees get the trade deadline boost, I think we've seen the Red Sox get the trade deadline. Oh, do we didn't get anything? Yeah, exactly. Because they got Schwarber, but he's hurt. So it's like we literally added no bodies, and the only yeah. guy we added, Austin Davis, got pieced up when he came into the game. So it's like, yeah. hey, look at what the Yankees got with Rizzo. He's electric. Look at the Rays; they got Nelson Cruz and tanks. So it's like the Red Sox are probably like, oh. Great. Not only do you guys not invest in us, Jose Barrios about to shove against us for the next five years of our life. Yeah. Let's have a good time. It, I saw Nelson Cruz beat out a ground ball, and I was like, this is the this is crazy. What Dude, energy in baseball is so important. We keep saying it, and the Red yeah. Sox had great energy. I still think they have great energy. I don't think their season's like in a tank or anything, but there is a big energy hit when that happens. <coughs> that came out of it, nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a crazy – I mean, anything can still happen. But it seems right now crazy that the Red Sox would be the favorites to win the division after you have all these surging teams and the Red Sox – I mean, a lot of people would probably say they've reached the peak of their season already. I do think the Red Sox were overachieving for the season. So it's inevitable that what goes up comes down. But I do think that adding a piece, a real piece, could have – prevented that and then when chris sale comes back oh yeah in a week or two you might get the trade deadline boost just a little week or two later when the yankees lose that boost a little bit and you get it that, that's very possible yeah but in right now it is a fair i think it's i saw i guess i'll ask you this question what would you give a grade for a high and blue at the trade deadline because i saw a lot of people doing this in like boston radio and twitter and it kind of pissed me off a little bit Ooh, i said a bad word on on the actual moves or on his, uh, like, how Everything. he approached the deadline? Moves, approach, knowing the prices, what players moved, what players didn't, what the teams in the division made. Um, I'd probably give him a C plus because I don't think he did a bad job. I don't know, maybe a B because the strategy was to not try to win the World Series this year. I saw people saying D, F. They're like... I, it's so yeah, if, stupid to me. I'm like, guys, what are your expectations going in? Bloom said, hey, I'm not going to make moves at the deadline. The prices got yeah. very high up for some players that they wanted to get, like Scherzer. The price was through the roof. I don't even think the Red Sox had comparable prospects to what the Dodgers gave up. No. And any piece that you wanted them to get, like a Rizzo or something, yeah, they could have get it. But that's a true rental for a team that I guess isn't really looking to be a true rental because if you can't say that the Red Sox are exceeding expectations – and that they shouldn't be here, and at the same time say, mortgage your future to win this season. Because in both terms, you're saying you don't believe in the team and that you should believe in the team. I don't get that. Yeah, the if they were trying to win the World Series this year, and with our pitching, that has been horrible, by the way, after we didn't add a pitcher because that's how it works. It's been bad, of course. <laughs> it, it would be probably a D- minus because we got our injured Schwarber to help our rotation and bullpen, basically. So that's it, not good. But for next year, I think this was a great deadline. Because for Ushers or even for a Berrios, we would have had to empty out like the, our future. 
because we don't we only have like four really really touted prospects yeah i'm just so big on consistency and talk radio boston sports fodder makes me so angry sometimes when i see that because it's like if you say that if you like you pick the red Sox, i think what we both picked them for 82 games to win at the start of the season and expectations can change but if you say oh i think i went higher you might i think you might have gone 84 and i went 81 yeah i remember correctly i think 84 sounds right That'll be a fun episode to do in the offseason, reviewing our wins. Yeah. That'll be fun. Ooh, there, that'll um, be fun. <laughs> that's a fun one. But looking back on it, I just hate when people are saying two things at once. It's like, guys, Bloom is here to build a long-term system. He can't mortgage yeah. the future and buy every guy at the deadline. I would have liked the pitcher, yeah, but the prices got so high for Barrios and Scherzer. It was crazy. Yeah. I think it's just interesting because the Red Sox are kind of the only team that did that. Where they could like they could have turned into World Series favorites if they made some different moves, but instead they just stayed very stagnant. Um, so and they probably didn't have obviously they didn't have the prospects to make those moves. But if, if we got Scherzer Turner, the everything changes. Obviously, I agree. I just feel, let's use another team as a quick example. Like um, I'm trying to think of another team that may make a powerhouse move. Even the Padres, I guess. I feel like it's better, it's fair, more fair to be disappointed in the Padres that they didn't get a, a Scherzer or somebody because while the Red Sox and them have very similar records, the Red Sox actually have more wins than them, the expectations around what the Padres should be doing are so different than what the Padres should be doing. So if you want to say yeah. A.J. Preller gets a D at the deadline, I think that's harsh because they got Frazier, but I could get it a little bit more because you're in it's now mode. Like you got to go get it. But if yeah. you want the Red Sox to be in now mode, they can't be in build for the future mode as well. How does that work? Yeah, I think Bloom has so, – and sorry for the people who aren't in on in deep on the Red Sox, but I know we're turning you. We're turning you into Red Sox fans. We're getting I know you. you guys. Um, Bloom is trying to stay competitive while also building to be competitive for the next 10 years. So there will probably be years where they're really good and then a lot of years where they're, like, fine. But he doesn't there's – there's not going to be any fifth-place finishes, hopefully. So it makes sense that we're exactly where we are. It's probably going to where we're where we're going to stay, and the next year we'll improve. The year after that, we'll improve, but it's never going to go back to the worst, ideally. See, I know we want to. We I know we had a game scheduled for this pod, but I really want to go over the way the playoffs look right now. So, would you rather do game or that? Um, let's do that. Let's see. Okay, cool. Because. I have to ask you. So, do you know what the current playoff format looks like on August second? I haven't. It hasn't gone around Instagram lately, so I'm I'm in the dark. So enlighten me. So this is what I'm excited to do. So right now we got the AL looking at Tampa Bay is technically the number one team in the AL Mm -hmm. at 64 wins, 42 losses. They have the same record as the Astros who lead the AL Central Central West. My bad. They have 64 and 42 record as well. Then the White Sox at 64, 62-44. They're the third seed. Then the Red Sox and the A's are currently the wild card team. The Yankees are two and a half games back of the A's for the third for the second wild card spot right now. So, those five teams, Rays, Astros, White Sox, Red Sox, and what team did I miss? Rays, Astros, White Sox, Red Sox, A's. A's. If I told you that at the start of the season, how surprised are you? Probably surprised by the Red Sox and the Rays. I think we got to give credit to the Rays because we do. they had a rough offseason in, in the media, and they have had even a better season than last year so good for them but that would probably be a surprise other than that it's lining up the way we thought but how they got there is very different it's so crazy if you look at a baseball 162 season how the storyline changed but at the end the the teams you think are going to be there are usually there they're there and it's kind of crazy to think about because like you hit panic buttons on teams like nine times a season we're Red Sox fans, but the Yankees, like, people were saying they were going to, like, finish last. Like, pe- Yankees fans were like, "This fire, fire everyone. And, like, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Like, it's a long, long season. See, I was very harsh on the Yankees, and I think that if they didn't go out and make a huge deadline splash, I would have been yeah. right. They wouldn't have made the playoffs. But guess what? You For can sure. adapt. You can change during the season. So, respect to that. And then the wild card, you got the Yankees and Blue Jays. Two and a half and three and a half games back, and then the Mariners three and a half. Just do you think any of those teams catch the A's or the Red Sox? 
Um, yeah, I, yeah, it depends how confident I'm on, I am in the Red Sox that given week. If I'm going not as a Red Sox fan, I think you're thinking there's a good chance the Red Sox get caught. I agree. I think that in a weird way, the Yankees have seven less wins than the Red Sox, but they've played three less games than them. Mm-hmm. I could see a world where either Oakland or Boston gets knocked out for New York. I could see that. Yeah. And um, like I don't think the Mariners are that team. The AL is a little short this year, so there's a little bit more of a buffer, but Blue Jays are Yankees. Seems like Yankees is the best. The the one team that will be in there that's not, the best bet would probably be the Yankees. Yeah, the Mariners had a chance. They were had a free game set against the Blue Jays, and they blew two saves in a row in two games. They couldn't yeah. lock it down. So they could have gotten a one-and-a-half games back of the A's heading in to, I think they play each other soon, too. So that could have been huge for them, but they lost yeah. that. But With it's always cool teams to like see that, how though, that shapes like, out. You can't put faith in teams like the Mariners at the end of the year because they're not really trying to go for it like that. So It's true. It just it was weird. To, I was so sad by that. I was like, oh, that's it was a fun series. Though. Blue Jays, Mariners, sneaky, fun series. Very true. You want to? My headphones are going to die. I'm going to go grab the charger. You want to go through the NL? Yeah, I got to go off, King. I got you. All right, guys, you're going to get a scenic background while it's just me chatting it up. Ooh, Jackson, a lawn chair? I didn't know about that. Guys, if you're not on YouTube, come check out the YouTube right now. We got ice on YouTube. Come see Jack's lawn chair. Let's go for the NL. We got San Francisco coming in first, 66 and 39, followed by Milwaukee, 63 and 43. They have a huge gap over the Brewers. I think the, uh, over the Reds, I'm sorry. They're 56 and 50. So that's a seven game win advantage for the Brewers right there. The Mets are leading a chaotic NL East. Phillies are 52 and 53, one free games back of the Mets at 55 wins. And then the Braves are free games back of them as well. So that's going to be a tight race coming down. Not one team. No, I mean, uh, the Mets and the Phillies both have a negative run differential. Atlanta is the only NL East team with a positive run differential at plus 49, and they currently have a losing record. Then the Dodgers and Padres round out the wild card spot. So that's kind of crazy to think about. I'm back. Welcome back. So we got Giants, Brewers, Mets, Dodgers, Padres. How you feeling? So there's surprises here, obviously. Giants is crazy. Um the number one team in the league is the Giants. Kind of crazy crazy to think about, but it's happening. Yeah. That's wild. Um, Brewers, that was a toss-up, but throughout the season, that's just been solidified. I think, like... Feels like it. People... The NL West still sucks, though. Or um, NL Central. Like, who's yeah, going to fix that? The Brewers are a really good baseball team. Like, the Brewers are a yeah. full, complete baseball team. But, like, the Reds are second place. They are seven games back of the Brewers. Seven games back in August is just not a fun race to have. Yeah, especially when they're the Reds. Yeah. Are we too hard on the Reds? Do you think we dump on them a little too much? Because they have 56 and 50. Like, they're going to probably win with 85, 86 wins on the season. They're a much better team than I thought. But I also think no one else has stepped up. So they like they had a little bit easier path, but yeah, shout out to Joey Votto, player of the month. He had that home run thing where he barely missed the MLB record, but he had a crazy month. So they're doing things over in Cincinnati, but compared to the rest of the NL, it's like ooh, like we don't have time for the Reds right now. It's Sorry. true. Votto still bangs. Make a wild put push to the wild card, make it tight in the division, and then maybe we can be like Cincinnati, Milwaukee. They got a big they yeah. got a big game coming up, and the Reds just haven't yeah. done that for us yet, but. And, the last, I, have, I mean, September, things really change. So next month, we could see the Reds leading the division. Maybe the Brewers just, like, just really fall out of it or someone gets hurt. I'd, like, things could, wild things can happen. It is true. But a cool stat that I found out while reading it out is that Atlanta is the only NL East team with a plus run differential. Plus 49. That's good. It is. It's just kind of crazy to think about that they have yeah. a losing record. And they're the only NL East team with a plus run differential. By the and, way, the NL East is looking tight right now. And NL East has good they got good pitching over there, so that is really surprising. It is surprising, especially I'm interested to see. So the Mets play the the Marlins in an upcoming series. The Phillies get the Nationals and the Braves get the Cardinals. So this series, just how these outcomes of the series could completely rearrange this wildcard spot. But I'm gonna make a bold prediction and say this is locked for the rest of the season. What you see here is what we're getting okay. in October. We're getting Giants, Brewers, Mets, and then we're getting a Dodgers-Padres playoff game. 
for me, the NL is pretty. I think that might it could shift. I could see a world where it doesn't. That that would make sense. But I think we might see the Giants in the wild card. Dodgers win the division. I think just September, the Dodgers are going to turn it on. And then the NL East, I really don't know. Like, quite literally, any team could win. See, I'm riding with my Giants. Ride or die with the, I'm all in on the Bay Area. Chris Bryant, Kevin yeah, Gossman, I, put me on a wagon. Take me on a trip. I'm here for it. I think the Giants are going to have a tremendous year, but I think the Dodgers are just going to be even better. They are a wagon. The Dodgers like, are I a don't, wagon, I don't think the Giants are going to fall off. I think the Dodgers might win 25 games in September. Likely. They have the roster to do it. But the Giants, man, I love a good story. They're world beaters right now. Let's keep it rolling. And then I just, the NL East has been so chaotic all year. The Phillies or Braves maybe, but they haven't proven to me. This is We have 105 games on each team right now. They're, they're not great baseball teams. So at least the Mets have had a winning record consistently all year and have led the division consistently all year, which gives me a little bit more faith in them than like a Braves team to just turn it on when they haven't been able to flip that switch. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm riding with the Mets. I'm t- if I'm stepping to my psychic orb right now, I kind of foresee a really late switch. And whoever's going to win the division is going to finish really strong and it's going to be surprising. I don't know if that's the that. Mets fall off and then come back or if that's the Phillies storm back or the Braves storm back at the very end. But I feel like that division is too hectic for the Mets to just win it the whole year. Feels weird. I could see like a Mets versus Giants NLCS this year. Ooh. Kind of into that. So that's basically we just go five years back. That was the, the two leaders. And now it's That'd the two cool. kind of in between teams that or like a brewers padres nlcs would be a lot of fun yeah padres padres and brewers gotta get their fun up they've had a rough month i agree for fun brewers brewers fun levels they brought in eduardo escobar though so that's fun levels for the roof now that is fun that is fun brewers like to have a good time but that's all i got on that unless you want to talk about any other team in the nl yeah that um maybe we do is there any team in the NL that's not in the Yoss right now that you think, like, who has the best chance? So, uh, that's a good point. The Reds, four bit games back, but I don't think they're catching the Padres, which means they probably have to win the division, and the Brewers have just been a wagon. Cardinals, yeah. six and a half, and then Phillies and Braves, they're not making a wild card. They're both eight games back, but they could catch the Mets. I think they're one game back. The Phillies are two games back in the division, and the Braves are three games back. Yeah. So that's very much in play. And unless you're really feeling about these Cubs, like, 10 games back, maybe they can get hot. <laughs> yeah, that is probably the lock of the century that the Cubs will not win the division. Feels like I you're locking it. <laughs> what a wild ride for Cubs fans. We're sorry. We feel bad. I I think the Phillies are going to win the division. I think Which, I can see it. Con- I'm never – I'm not a Phillies fan. I'm trying to – you're the Phillies lover. I'm the Phillies hater. It's really changed up this year. Our favorite teams have flip-flopped and switch-watched and – all the other words. We're emotional men. We come in here and however we're feeling that day. I will sure. say, the Phillies, I've said it before, Nola, Wheeler, Gibson. You get that in a wild card, a division series, an, an NLDS. Yeah. If you're the Dodgers or Padres, you're having, or any team, you're having a bad time. Like, there is a very easy chance you could get swept just by that free-headed monster because they can pitch. Yeah. And Zach Wheeler, you know how I get about Zach Wheeler. The guy is a freaking weapon. So he's been a stud all season long. So that's dangerous if you're any team. I think their rotation with DeGrom Hurt is more dangerous than both the Braves and the Philly and the Mets, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. I think they have the best rotation in the division. Yeah, I mean, Mets, they've got so many good guys, but just can't stay healthy for the life of them. So, um, But in the playoffs, I'm probably I'm going DeGrom, but... If DeGrom's healthy, then yes. I think DeGrom is a cheat code over anybody. But if DeGrom's yeah. hurt, then it's Phillies. It gets dicey. Yeah. I agree. Because I'd probably, if I were like ranking pitchers in that series, it'd probably go DeGrom number one. Then I'd probably go Wheeler Noah. And then Strowman's had a really good year. So maybe him. And then I'd have to dig deeper yeah. in on the Mets rotation. But Walker's been really good. But I really like Gibson. So that division has been it's been better than we thought, but also weaker than we thought at the same time. Like the drum was better than any one thought a pitcher could ever be. But then the Braves don't 
have an ace. Like, everyone's just been hurt or kind of off, so that is kind of taken out. The Marlins have a lot of young studs, but I feel like we haven't heard a lot about them. So it, it that will be, at one point, the crazy pitching division, but this season it's been a little slower than we thought. September in the NL East is going to be a great time. I'm strapped in. Yeah. We've had a full way. But I think we can probably wrap up about here, unless you have any other pressing taste you want to share to the people of the internet, Mr. Jack Doyle. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, I'd like you to DM guys to congratulate me on my Pitts Mitzvah, because that did Please happen. Do. So thank you for that. Thank you for your wishes, well wishes in advance. Shout out to Smack and Sunflower Seeds for sponsoring the episode. We appreciate you. Best way to support us and a growing Sunflower Seed company. Go to We Got Ice. No, not We Got Ice. Smack and Sunflower Seeds dot com. Use code We Got Ice for 10% off. And it was a good week of baseball. I feel it was a very good week at We Got Ice. Good week in the MLB. Thank you all for coming. Yeah, guys, like Jack said, <laughs> thank you. And also, thank you. We had our most ever listened to podcast. Uh, the trade sure. deadline special so claps in the chat for you guys we appreciate you guys uh all the new listeners welcome we hope you stick around hope you make yourself cozy here at we got ice we're new two podcasts a week every tuesday and friday you guys know the drill you can follow us on instagram and tiktok we got ice baseball twitter we got ice bb a lot of cool stuff coming so stick around yeah we'll be back on friday for another episode of the podcast so take it easy and stay chilly peace